one of my therapists once said, one of the great ways to be an even better parent is to sportscast what you're thinking as you're going through your day, because then they're able to see your your thought process, learn, model. The same process works with events. I've seen Russell Brunson do this in advance of Funnel Hacking Live. Well, he'd be sitting in front of his computer and he's working on his slide decks and he's like, oh my gosh, I've got this many slide decks and this many are done and so I've got this many to go and look or I'm at the store and I'm shopping, which shirt do you like? All of those little moments are actually selling people on the event. We can't discount the power and how many people are watching us when we're doing little stuff like that. How are entrepreneurs like us daring bravely to build a stage, ditch the sweatpants, and step up to the mic? How do we create our own transformative events? so we can get our message out into the world in a bigger way that's not only profitable, but it's actually something we can be proud of. That's the question. And the answers are inside this podcast. My name is Sarah Pfeiffer. Welcome to Green Room Central. Today, I brought in a Green Room Central Studios, Lianne McGaughy. As the host of the Spiritual Shift Worker podcast, she takes her listeners on a journey of connecting back to self. Using the tools of meditation and mindfulness, Lan helps women to slow down, to connect back to their bodies, and to live more in the present moment. With a 23-year career in law enforcement, Lan knows one thing for sure, and that is that life can change in an instant. She inspires everyone to stop missing their lives and create a life they love now. Leanne, welcome to Green Room Central Studios. Say hello to Lynchpin Nation. Good afternoon. I'm so, so happy to be here, Sarah. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you because we're doing something that we've never done on the podcast before today, and we're going to have a coaching call live on the podcast and let all of our listeners just kind of peek behind the curtain at what it looks like to do coaching and... I think it's going to be super valuable for everybody because you're cooking up something really special for your community and you've got questions about it. So let's dive in. <laughs> what do you want to ask me? Yes. Oh my goodness. Where do we even start? So yeah, I think it, again, there are no coincidences. I, I don't believe, but I just returned from a pretty amazing event uh, that I attended in West Palm beach this weekend. And then I'm like, this is fantastic that I get to sit down with Sarah and have this conversation because I'm going to be hosting a really amazing transformational retreat in Sedona next April. Oh, wow. And yeah, I'm so excited. Like it is something that's been on my heart for many years and the universe provided me someone came into my life that it was just synchronicity that she was doing the same thing. So. Um, I guess really the first question, and then we're going to, I think I have a few of more like logistical questions, but coming off this high that I just experienced this weekend, I think the biggest question that I have is being able to provide that connection or cultivate that connection with the women that are going to attend so that when they walk into this room or they meet us, that they feel like this instant connection. Mm. Um, and so I guess my question is more, how do you build that up when you have people that have the interest, first of all, that have, have put their hand up, said they're interested, 
and then cultivating that community prior to the actual live event? Yeah. Well, great question. So I think one of the best ways to do that is to ensure that you're curating the room, that you're clear about who this event is for and who it's not for. And to approach filling the event without any sort of desperation. So what I mean by that is some people will get to the end of their event filling cycle, their marketing cycle, and be panicked because they didn't fill it and give away spots, right? Or maybe they're blending a lot of people's communities in order to get to the number that they want. And when we're not selective about who should be in the room, then there isn't that instant connection. But when we are, people feel like they've known each other forever and they connect on all of these different points. Like, let's take you and me, for example. The first time that we got together... Well, so we met in one of our mentors Zoom rooms, right? And then we got together one-on-one afterwards and it was so easy to talk, right? Because we were picking up what he was putting down and felt like raising our hand to go into the next level and go into a paid program. And because of that, we were all, everyone who was in that room was so aligned around the principles that he teaches. And so it was very easy to then go offline or go into a one-on-one setting and just feel this instant connection, right? Mm-hmm. And so I guess that's sort of, um, given we're so far out as of right now, like we're, we're still like September mm-hmm. and we're looking at six, six months, I guess, still out. And so we're building a, um, a group, an online community, um, to be able to cultivate that. Is that sort of the sort of a suggestion, like, like you just said, how we met inside of a community and yeah. we're able to then go off mm-hmm. offline. So we're starting to build that um, from scratch. Yeah. And so when it comes to marketing and targeting who we're speaking to, we want the right people in that, that sort of uh free community per se right yeah. we want to be able to share so it's i guess trying to find it's the wording and getting the, the marketing out to the right people totally yeah it, it's just being very careful in your language and so that it's very easy for people to raise their hand and think to themselves yeah this is where i'm supposed to be that they're talking about exactly what I want to talk about inside of here. It, it's it's not it's not rocket science. It's just I uh, was on a coaching call with a prospective client recently, and they showed me their sales page, and they're in a bit of a panic because the event was not selling. And I I looked at it, and it was so vanilla. I I, I couldn't tell who they were trying to attract because they were trying to attract everybody and it I I just instantly was confused 
about like well it doesn't sound like that's okay. a place for me even though it most certainly would would be a place for me it didn't sound like it was a place for me because i was so unclear about okay. what it is they were what kind of community they were co-creating and then you know we talked some more and i was able to pull out well, who do you really want to be in this group like who are you really good at connecting with and helping kick off transformation in and uh they were able to get laser focused super specific and it, it i got excited because they were able to be so clear about who it was so tell me what just offhand what are you thinking is your ideal guest for the event yeah, so we're we are our ideal guest is going to be it's women it's for women and it's going to be sort of in this age of uh, probably forties thirty five to fifty where they're I, I don't like using the words lost themselves but definitely are on a path of reconnecting back to who they are and you know they've maybe been busy raising kids and now they've got that free time. And they know that there's a little bit more of a pull where it's like they know they want to do something else or they need to connect back. And it's more of that spiritual journey of becoming sort of, again, connecting back mm -hmm. to the woman that maybe not necessarily who they were, right? Because we don't always want to go backwards, but more of the how, what is my next step? Where do I need to go next? So it, it's not, I don't like using midlife crisis. It's sort of the connecting back that feeling that they there's something more that they need to do and i find i'm just running into more and more women that are in this feeling right now where they're like i just don't know who i am mm -hmm. so it's time to like connect back to her well i think you're running into yeah. them because of that whole uh what do they call it the reticular activating uh function in the brain system a system yeah. yeah so where we're we're shopping for a red car we go see them everywhere on the the road so it's just if the more that you're clear about who this is and in, in your own head the more that you can articulate it to really well to others and the more that you're going to just feel at ease talking about it in your daily life and all of your interactions and and then it's going to start perking up the ears and attracting the people that you want. Yeah. And so when, when I just explained that to you, was that clear? Like, was that clear the way that I described that? Or does it need to be a little bit more refined? I think you can do some work on it. I was just doing this work actually with a yeah. client yesterday. And we we got out the chat GPT uh, to help us with brainstorming. Yeah. And we're just going back and forth being like, okay, is this the word that feels like the right one? Or is it this one? Do we need to add something here? Or do we need to take it away? Just, I love, I don't know if you've read the book, How to Grow Your Small Business by Donald Miller. It's, I think it's his latest release. I loved StoryBrand. I love this one even more. And there's a section in there on sales language. It's, it helps, and, and also mission statement, but it helps pull out of you in a series of questions, kind of a, 
a way of talking to people about your thing. And it's so good. I, I recommend it to everybody who's trying to clarify who they're for. And yeah, so give, give it a read. I think you'll love it. And my, my best friend Audible has it. <laughs> so if you like to listen to books oh, yes. just like I do. We are best friends as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I got it on Kindle cool. too, so okay. that I could like see the words on the page and like type them into chat GPT to help me kind of connect the dots. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a big piece to your cultivating connection is just backing way up into today and getting so clear on who you're serving right. and who you're enrolling into that community because when you get the right people into that community who are kind of just beginning this spiritual journey back to back to themselves or to who they're becoming at the, the earliest part of their journey, then they'll be able to self-select like, okay, now I'm supposed to actually be at that retreat. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so now we're looking at April, so we're like four, five, six, mm -hmm. seven months out. I mean, that's, is that a normal time frame? Absolutely. We've sort of been, you know, sprinkling, sprinkling. So that's a good amount of time in order. And it's going to be small. It's not, I think we're maxed out at like 12, 10 yeah. women plus the two hosts. Yeah. I, I don't think yeah. that because it's small, and I'm doing air quotes here, it, that you should start any later. I think it's never too okay. early to start marketing the event and letting people know that it's on the horizon and to get them excited about what you're what you're doing. I mean, even right now, if you're if you're perusing Airbnbs to select just the right one to reserve for your event, well, that would be something where yeah. you would be on Instagram stories and be showing off the screen and being like, okay, I'm trying to decide. I love this one because I like this patio and but this one has this most amazing living room with this big wraparound couch and I just could see us sitting you know in a circle like really getting whatever doing x exercise like that's the type of stuff that you can be talking about from now all the way through to the event it's just really think about it as sports casting the process of getting ready to the for the event I, there isn't a there isn't a a right or wrong way to do that. One of my therapists once said, one of the great ways to be an even better parent is to sports cast what you're thinking as you're going through your day because then they're able to see your your thought process, learn, model. The same process works with events. I've seen Russell Brunson do this in advance of Funnel Hacking Live. Well, he'd be sitting in front of his computer and he's working on his slide decks and he's like, oh my gosh, I've got this many slide decks and this many are done and so I've got this many to go and look or I'm at the store and I'm shopping which shirt do you like it, all of those little moments are actually selling people on the event and we can't discount the power and how many people are watching us when we're doing little stuff like that mm. so it's our, it's almost like the curiosity right dropping things mm -hmm. out yeah to them to say hey like and then sharing in obviously what it is that now we Again, would you want to be people? People are different. I know, like some people want more details, but if all the details aren't actually hashed out yet, 
And how do we, so how do you put that into any email sequence when it comes to the full itinerary? Because that we're still in the process of working that, food, catering. Like, do you just be very vague or very over, like, high level yeah. on that? How I would, would start out super high level. Like, start building your sales page now and think about it like a wait list. And then yeah. and maybe have a secondary copy that you're just adding little segments to here and there and when you're ready kind of make that the new waitlist page or you know the 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 early what do they call it the um, kind of like advanced notice early um you know early bird waitlist yeah yeah so you could just be constantly uh, yeah. be having a, a waitlist page open that you're sending people to and as you're as you've kind of nailed pieces you can be adding them and inside of Live Event Academy, I know that you've been going through and there's a section on marketing and there's a, a download, kind of an, an order of the sales page. And so you can just be kind of okay. building yeah. a little piece at a time and adding it to the wait list and eventually making it into a, a page. It's eventually the sales page and you can... Uh, be putting like buy buttons instead of a wait list. Yeah. Right. Yes, I did see that in there. And so that brings me sort of to this whole like, um, and, and I don't know, maybe I haven't hit it yet in the program where we talk about maybe any type of early bird pricing or mm -hmm. um, even a bonuses for early registration, like a, to save your seat how far out like when would be the cut what would you suggest for a cutoff for that when we like we're talking beginning of april is the event the retreat yeah um we're, you know so like how far back would you cut off sort of that early bird bonus or like you would even i guess maybe even the bonus could come after you could always throw bonuses in but specifically for the early bird pricing given yes. that we still need to obviously hit i would do four hit the or, Four? Four okay. tiers of pricing. Four. Yeah. And okay. I don't have the numbers in front of me exactly, but I feel like the first one is in that f four to six months range. Yeah. And I'll make a note to send it to you after this. And I would do... I would do four. I would definitely have bonuses i think that's so smart and i always th think that bonuses shouldn't weigh d don't this is such an intimate group i wouldn't i would advise that you don't do bonuses that have anything to do with small intimate experiences you know sometimes that's it's a popular one, but I think it works great for conferences where you could have like a VIP dinner or a cocktail hour. I, I wouldn't do that in this situation. You've got 12 people. Let's just keep them all together the whole time. Right. That feels right to me. But if there's, mm -hmm. if there's a experience ahead of time that you could do where it's like a small group coaching experience perhaps you could start that perhaps you could do and i would then just take them away right and and then you right. if you ever add any after 
the anybody's purchased, always send them an, an email and surprise them with that bonus as well. Just to make sure that anybody mm, who's purchased cool early okay. gets anything that you unveil down the road. But anything that right. an early person gets, you don't add to the people who book after that period has gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you want to reward, like, early action um, takers. Yeah. And would it be the same as, because I know in some things that I've seen and experienced where they, some, it's a, actually, it's a variety where it's like, if you pay in full, um, some people then when you do payment plans, the price is a little higher. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when people pay in full, it's, it's sometimes great because then we can take, you can take that money, right? And put it in towards part of whatever's happening during the actual event and so is that I don't actually now that I'm, I'm asking that it's like I don't even know if I've ever seen not a bonus per se of paying in full but is that normal to have the prices a little higher yeah. for the payment plan yeah uh, we just did a whole episode on payment plans actually with Chase Craft. It's a okay. few a few episodes back from this and he's a lender who yes. adds payment plans And so what I would say about your situation is, yes, it's always normal to put, make the payment plan higher. And when you're offering payment plans, you always offer the payment plan first. So say it's just like, you know, four easy payments of $500, right? Or you can save a little and pay in full today and get it at X. But you always leave with the payment plan. Otherwise, people get resentful. So it's just just a psychological buying um, thing. So yeah, lead with the payment plan. Yes, I would always make it slightly higher than the other one. I would also make sure that it's wrapping up before the event. So perhaps at some point the payment plan goes away and that right. could be one of the yeah. okay. the scarcity and urgency uh, triggers in we you know when we're doing four kind of yep. price tiers one of them could be taking away the payment plan and, and the reason why we would do right. four prices is because every time that you change the price you have a natural reason to go out to your community and say, okay, in about a week, the price is going up. And Mm. so you have just one more reason to keep talking about signing up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I guess that really rolls right into the whole and I know there's a whole section like pricing, how to price your event. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting because the event is in the States, it's in Sedona. And my partner and I are going to be putting obviously just one sales page with sales link, but my, I'm in Canada. So there's quite a difference and discrepancy in um, cost, right? Between the American price and a Canadian price, even though we'll be selling it in US dollars. Mm-hmm. It's like, I guess that just has to be very clear for any Canadians 
given the price, if it's going to be $2,000, it's actually going to be 25 or mm. something, right? Is that, yeah. we wouldn't put both prices. Well, I, I would like to, to, to think it's kind of like selling a book. So every time you look at a hardcover book in the U.S., there's usually like two prices inside the, the flap, right? It's like uh, 2000 you know, $20 U.S. and 25 CAD, right? And it's just natural for us to see it just, right. just like that in a very non-obtrusive, non-confrontational way. It's just like this is what it is. So, okay. yeah, and then... I imagine so you're just gonna, you're going to do a sales page in US dollars as the the checkout. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just going to be the one because we've got sort of the we've got the landing page already done mm -hmm. for a wait list already. But then I like how you said just you're just going to we're going to adding yeah. to that, right? And just keep adding with the content. But I yeah, and so the price hasn't been set just because we our biggest thing is being able to how much like we want to ha have so much value we we know what the transformation is and yet it's like okay what do we actually include in that do we bring in speakers how, then how much is that going to cost is that going to increase the price yeah of the of the retreat and so it's figuring out that balance between value yeah. and the actual price yeah so i really purposefully put the budget conversation in yeah. like week five, I believe, of Live Event Academy because I really want people to have, be so clear on their vision and their why so that they can then price the vision and then decide right. what they're going to charge based on the price of their vision and because I, I hate for people to say the price is two thousand dollars and then they get through go through the exercise of pricing everything and they're like oh shoot I want to put on an experience that's actually thirty five hundred dollars a person and, and and I also want to make money on top of that so I need to maybe maybe I want to make a thousand ahead so now I have to charge 4500 in order to even to break even and then make a little per person and I've already put the sales page out at 2000 like what do I do and then there's this panic and then there's this shuffle of like taking things away and then you have resentment inside of you because you're now compromising on what you value and yeah. I, I, I don't love that. So that's why I always want people to go through the exercise. Yeah. It's not easy to price everything that you want. And it's not easy because you've never done it before, because you've never gone out and figured out, okay, well, how much does an Airbnb that sleeps 14 cost in Sedona on this particular week in April that I'm targeting, right? How much does it cost to fly in and house this, you know, an air in a hotel for this speaker? Or what is it? Or can I barter with them? Or 
I want to have gifts in their bedrooms when they arrive. And yeah. I, wh- what is it and how much does that cost? And I, I don't want people to have to leave and get their own food or even bring their own food or have to go to the grocery store and stock up their room. I would prefer to hire a private chef and have them just in our house cooking the three meals yeah. a day and the snacks for the the duration of the retreat. So what does that cost? It's going and doing a Google search and finding a chef, personal chef in Sedona and asking them, okay, theoretically, what would this be to feed 14 people over the course of three days, three meals a day, plus like some things to nibble on out throughout the day? Like, what does that cost? So it's just so important to because stuff adds up. And you'll find that there's a really nice uh, spreadsheet where you could, that cues you on all the categories to kind of get your brain going on. Okay, well, I didn't think about the fact that I am going to need to cover my expenses to and from the airport in both in my home in Canada and both in Sedona. And I'm driving all the way from Phoenix, so maybe I'm going to need yeah. to rent a car. There's so that spreadsheet will cue you. So you'll have so be able to just kind of go down the list and think through, okay, now I need to go get the price for this. And now I get it. And some of the stuff you're not going to know, you're going to just do your best estimate. And that's okay. But some stuff, if, if it's really, you know, if, if it's an Uber to and from the airport, you can guess. But if, if we're talking about a private chef, for three days for 14 people and you've never hired something like that. Now you don't want you guessing. I want you actually going and doing the work of figuring that out. And that takes time. And now is the great, the perfect time to be doing that work. And honestly, it's going to be so exciting and give you tons of stuff to talk about with your community members who might possibly be interested in going. And, uh, and I would add here that people support what they create. So this gives like tons of fodder inside of your free community to be like, okay, I'm planning our retreat for uh, April. And I'm like, toying between a private chef and going out to eat or this and this. And then you just like put a little poll, like, what would you do? And you just, people support what they create. Just put little polls in the community. Mm, just all the time, just to kind of force yourself to ask for, for feedback. And uh, it might even help you make decisions about what you're going to do, but like, Oh, I'm trying to decide guest speakers or no, yes or no. Okay, and then if you ask her yes, like who would you want to hear from? Like put it in this, put it in the comment section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm, mm-hmm. that is yeah, being able to really use your audience to build it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the the big thing, so because then they're going to have even more of a connection mm-hmm. and more of an experience. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And it's funny that you talked about um, one of the things that we're not that we don't like struggling with, but definitely it's been coming up is the whole issue of transportation. Mm. And so the event that I just uh, attended on the weekend, obviously the flight was not included. The hotel room was not included. It's going to be a little different because this is a retreat. We're all going to be in one spot. But the biggest thing is because people will be coming in at different times. It's like, how do we, do we just leave the transportation? to their own devices to get to the wherever the retreat is happening or do we rent um a bus and have one of us drive it and then go back and forth because with 
to how far the Airbnb will be from the airport. Yeah. What is like, you want to have the experience, I want to create the atmosphere and the environment right off the bat. And I guess it is again, whatever we choose, but then that cost and the time yeah. of having us do that ourselves or just hiring it out. Yeah. So, uh, you driving other people instantly made my insurance flag go up. It's making sure that you think about event insurance. And it is a line item on the budget for you to think about. But one way to reduce your risk is not doing that and hiring that out, either with okay. just having people be empowered to make their own travel arrangements or booking it. Uh, through a travel company that has insurance and then you would just ask for a proof of insurance I uh, it goes back to you know the event that you just went to it I love for people to journal after they've done something like that about the areas that really like put a sparkle in your eyes like I'm so glad they did this or this moment was so amazing I'm I just, I'm glad that I had this, or I'm, I'm glad I met this person, and this is what we talked about, and, or uh, just all the things that you noticed that you either loved or you thought, mm, when it's mine, I'm going to do it a little differently than this, and, yes. and right now, while it's fresh, is a great time for you to do that, because you're going to remember, like, the little, the little things, and I'm just, I'm sure you've heard me say it inside of Live and Academy over and over again, details matter. And I'm sure there's like lots of little moments yes. from this past weekend that really caught you perhaps by surprise, a surprise and delight moment, or moments that you're like, uh, it, this didn't feel quite right. So did, I, I would encourage you to journal this week on that. And, but then back to your question about how to decide on transportation, it's back to that whole, you decide the vision and price it. And then you might, after you get the prices mm -hmm. back, go, hmm, I think it's fine. Uh, I've been to plenty of events where I've managed all of my own travel and it was the experience. And that feels totally good to me. Like I feel at peace with the decision that I'm going to manage the room and everything that happens in there, but they're going to manage their hotel, they're going to manage getting here, they're going to manage their flights, or some sort of hybrid. Just this past weekend, as we're recording, uh, the 29029 event happened in Whistler. Jesse Itzler and his team uh, host that event, and I noticed that they're staying at the lodge this time instead of like glamping tents. And I think those tickets are upwards of more than $5,000 for the, the weekend. But it's just, I think they've just decided that lodging is a part of it. And people just get themselves there. And then once they're there, everything is taken care of. You just have to decide at what point yeah. you're doing the handoff and being very clear in your on your registration site and all of the communication leading up to the event after the point of registration. 
so that people know expectations. And I think I, I came from a corporate background where we covered everything and we ma- micromanaged everything. Like we made your flights arrangements for you. We uh, picked you up from the airport. We fed you everything. We managed your entire schedule. And, and then I went into this world of entrepreneurship and going to personal development, coaching style events. And it was vastly different where it was just the room that was, it wasn't even food or it wasn't even lodging or transportation. And, and at first I was like, oh my gosh, how's this going to work? And then I noticed thousands of people are making it work at this event and I'm actually making it work too. And I don't feel like any less about the host of the event. It's just, I knew the expectation up front and then I just followed through and I actually felt kind of awesome about that amount of autonomy and freedom. And so you're just gonna have to kind of work with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think you're right, knowing from the things this weekend, Mm -hmm. um, definitely like when you said that, it's like, yep, there's things that absolutely amazing and yet there was things like "Mm, I wish that had been included right or that had been a little bit more Mm -hmm. but being really upfront and letting people and again I I like that that you said really asking right saying hey do you want this to be all-inclusive like including all the food and you don't need to worry about a thing and then if you decide to go and grab snacks yourself that's on you Um, and I think for the experience that we want to create I think having, yeah, it all sort of included um, from the point of arrival yeah, is definitely uh, the experience that we want to be able to provide to people. So yeah. Yeah, as yeah, I, th- I love all of that. And yeah, I think about it like a hotel ballroom con- conference with a thousand people versus an intimate retreat for 12 people. You're creating this bubble around them right? You kind of want to keep everybody in the bubble. And whereas conferences, it's just, it's almost impossible to, it's possible, but to put a bubble around that many people. And so it just kind of feels natural and organic for people to go create their own little mini bubbles inside of the thing. And, you know, they've got their people that they go eat with, or they made their hotel reservations, their Airbnb with some friends that they came with. Whereas I think, with 12, you really want to create, if it was me, I would want to create a bubble and include as much as possible, but then draw a line where it just doesn't financially make sense this time to be able to do that. But I'm going to put it on my wish list in the parking lot for next time, like not this event, but next one, or maybe the third one, like I'm working towards this. And it's okay to give yourself permission to say, this is a value of mine and it's so important and next event. Like a, a story from my wedding. Like I've, flowers are the most important thing to me in the whole wide world. I just love flowers. And, but I could not afford to build like the arch and put like, you know, the massive like thousand dollar arrangements on everybody's table. So everyone got like bud faces and I, and it wasn't, my ideal, but it was what I could do at that time. 
And I still have the vision that there will be an anniversary party someday where it looks like the most expensive wedding on planet Earth because that feels fun to me to do once in a lifetime. So uh, it's, it's okay to know that's my value and it's not going to fit this time and I'm working towards it. Mm, that's really helpful, right? Because you always think it's got to be perfect the first time around. And it's like, no, it's going to be a learning experience and it's going to be something to grow and we learn oh, from. Yes. I just wanted to ask like one last question about the insurance mm -hmm. because um, would we have to, I mean, provide if we're renting an Airbnb, like I know that there's, they cover a lot of things, I believe, like through the Airbnb link, uh, the host yeah. and stuff, but as far as actual retreat insurance, um, if we're going on hikes or we're doing other activities, is that something obviously we would we would we have to look into? I think you should look into it, and you would look for an event insurance company, and you just get on the phone with an insurance agent and describe what you're doing and see if it's something they cover. Maybe you'd also and and if you unable to find an agency that will cover your specific situation. Perhaps you're working with a legal contact and getting waivers put together. So I, I think you should have conversations in both spaces. Yeah, both legal and insurance. There's some beautiful hikes up yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I just, it's, that's sort of like you want, um, people to, you know, not have to worry about that, mm -hmm. but it's something you have to think about for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's very you know? possible. And I guess, um, I just, yeah, yeah. Anything is, oh, I just had one, but it just, I guess the after now you've, now we've done this amazing retreat. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that you just did, um, an episode on scaling. Mm -hmm. um, and I haven't listened to all of it yet, but I guess it's the after effect of that and how to still, I guess, take all those testimonials of those people. And is it, we put all that back into our free community where the people that maybe weren't able to come this time yeah. would be able to come next time, right? Yeah. Maybe doing, I like, having would, podcasts and having... I would recommend... Having. doing filming testimonials with as many of the people who attend this one as you can like during the event itself so plan for that in advance okay. of how am I going to do that what, what camera am I going to use to film it how am I going to light it where are we going to sit and so that you have some decent looking testimonials and then I would go ahead and also offer your next retreat at this retreat and perhaps say when you're able to sit down with us and give us 15 20 minutes at this retreat for a uh, to, to give your testimonial would love to as a thank you give you a discount off of the early bird pricing for the next one and that will just help fuel you for the the coming retreats and knowing that you've already got it partially filled and you can go back to your community immediately after the event show them all the great 
like photos and testimonials and get them excited because they already have this fear that they missed out and now you're confirming it for them and then you're saying it's already 20% full. Want to make sure you get your spot at this, like never going to be lower than this early word pricing for the public. So yeah. So you think through what, what what's cool. the next one going to be awesome, so that you can make just right. a very generalized kind of offer at, at the current retreat. Because no one's going to be warmer than those who are sitting in the room with you at that time. Yeah. Awesome. So good. Uh, thank you so much. I, I'm not sure if I have anything else right at the moment. This is great because some things are very, have just been really clarified for me about um, again, the cultivation prior and being able to have that connection when everyone actually arrives and, and feel like they've, you know, already know each other. Yeah. Again, think about all those little moments leading up to the retreat you went to this this weekend that made that so seamless for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. This has been so fun. Wonderful. I love like our time together just like yeah. flew by and I can't wait to do it again. Uh, I'm cheering you on and you know where to find me when you have more questions come up. So Thank you, Leanne. I'm so excited to see your Sedona retreat come to, to life. Thank you so much. Me too. It's going to be amazing. Thank you for listening to the Green Room Central podcast. If you loved this episode, then please take a screenshot on your phone and post it to Instagram and be sure to tag at Sarah Faithler and let me know why you liked it and what you'd like to hear or who you'd like to hear from in the future. That'll help me know what to create for you. The number one thing I'm asked by CEOs, whether it's their first event or their 20th, is Sarah, how do we get more butts and seats? And so I put together a guide for you. Head over to fillingevents.com for your free copy of 107 Ways to Fill Your Event. I wanna help you quickly master event marketing for your events, even if you've never done it before. I've scoured the online business world and found 107 of my favorite strategies working right now to fill your next in-person or virtual event. Create the event promotion plan you need from these easy to implement customizable strategies for free over at fillingevents.com. I appreciate your commitment to leveling up and learning the mindset and strategy of live events. Keep going, keep learning. If you want more, head over to greenroomcentral.com for show notes and all the links from today's episode. 